This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, we've got Todd Talbot here. Today. HGTV's Love It or Listed Vancouver, Todd Talbot. That's right. Pretty exciting stuff. Huge episode. Yeah. Cool. Very excited to have Todd with us today. No kidding. And uh, super interesting interview. We've got, he's talking about, uh, you know, reality TV. We've got him talking about his own renovations, exciting tips for investments yeah, in Vancouver. Yeah, he's got a lot of good investment advice as and well. And then, of course, the uh, the Five Wire, yeah. which uh, stick around for that. No, it's great. It, this is, I think, legitimately our first celebrity. You had a brush with fame, didn't you, Adam? I did have a brush with fame. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I, I don't know if I've ever actually told you the whole story, but I I did uh, I did get interviewed for a reality TV it, show. Was it an HGTV show? It might, you know what it is, is I think there's, if I understand the model, there's these guys out there, they, they produce episodes and then they shop the, the TV show to the major networks, like to your, your Slice or your HGTV or Or your W Network or whatever you watch, mostly W Network. Um, But that's, yeah. But actually I think Todd's on the W Network. Is he? No, I think. Yeah. Is he? Braden, can you verify that? Yeah. Yeah. Google that. Braden. Anyway, okay, continue. Yes. So, anyways, I I have this uh, this video called "This Is Adam." It's a uh, it was a marketing piece that went uh, yeah. If by viral you mean thirty five people <laughs> watched it, then yeah, it went viral. But uh, I put it out a few years ago, and a guy had seen it, and uh, he thought, well, maybe you'd like to come and audition for this show. And Do I you knew, remember the premise of the show? I think the premise was that they were going to have these either teams of agents or individual top producing agents who would be going up against each other and then they would kind of keep an ongoing tally. So it was like almost like uh, the amazing race where they'd monitor these people over time and it was, it was you were trying to be the most top producing team. So maybe right. based on transactions or something along those lines. Sounds like compelling TV. Yeah, yeah. So they thought, who better to reach out to than the most compelling guy? Uh, <laughs> with the face for radio. <laughs> with yeah, the face yeah. for radio. So anyway, so I, I met with this guy, and um, I don't like being on camera. It was a little awkward. He he had a camera shoved in my face. He was interviewing me, asking me a lot of questions. And one thing that I kind of anticipated was, you know, they're looking for personality, like big personality, yeah. right? Well, like, Todd, uh, Todd was an example of that, right? That well, guy's Todd's, got energy that he can take over a room. Yeah, but he's a he's a host personality, right? He's not like a like a snooky 
from Jersey Shore type personality. Hey, whoa, or, what's wrong with Snooky? <laughs> yeah. That that's Brady D, also known as our situation, or possibly Pauly D. Um, but, <laughs> anyways, um, so they were looking for a bit of a personality. So they, one thing is the guy said. I just remember he asked like all these questions, trying to get a bit of a rise out of me. And one of the questions was, "What about this industry really boils your blood?" Oh man! So did you get fired up? Yeah, I did. I said, <laughs> I, I vividly remember this. I said uh, the functionality of MLS. <laughs> Period. No, yeah. no, and then you didn't expand on it. Yeah. Just <laughs> and the and the interview pretty much ended like right, almost. Thanks right, very much. Adam. Yeah, it was like we'll be in touch. Yeah, we'll be in touch. So I left thinking, oh man, I, that didn't go that well. But like, who knows? You never know. Maybe I'll be Vancouver's next reality TV You'll realtor. Be the next Todd Talbot. I'll be the next Todd Talbot. <laughs> Anyways, Matt, enough about yeah. It's a it's a long interview, uh, but it's a good one. So maybe we should cut to it. Stick around, ladies and gentlemen. Todd Talbot, HGTV's Love It or List It host. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with the host of HGTV's Love It or List It Vancouver, Todd Talbot. How are you doing, Todd? Ah. Oh. I'm doing good. good. I got my almond milk coffee right here. My almond milk latte. Great. Ready to go. I'm sitting with you three styling dudes, ready to rock and roll. We're just talking. We all have the same haircut. We do. We <laughs> got connected because of Lisa from the Chop Shop. From the Chop Shop, there, right. There's the unabashed plug for Lisa. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. We, all, we actually all, all have the same haircut. Just, <laughs> yes, yes. All, all good things happen at Lisa's Chop Shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's fantastic. She can yeah. only cut one style, but, other, <laughs> but she's nailed it. <laughs> I will say that Lisa combs hair a little roughly, it's, though. It, really? It's a painful experience. Is it a guy thing that we have sensitive scalps? Because I feel a bit kind of wussy when I'm in her chair. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I keep on thinking my scalps scalps bleeding to be honest (laughs) (laughs) we digress (laughs) so thanks for making the time todd so tell us are you in the middle of filming love it or list at vancouver right now or we just finished uh last wednesday we finished last week filming the final episode of season four and those episodes are going to be airing on april 24th uh for 13 weeks so whenever this podcast is airing and if it's later than that, you can yeah. watch reruns <laughs> on, on HGTV. Just out of curiosity, do you, uh, when you guys film it, do you do all of the episodes at once? Yeah, we, uh, it's a complicated schedule. We film probably four or five episodes at the same time. So it's a, it's a really complex schedule where we're jumping around between families and houses. And, you know, there, there's a lot of dynamics that are at play on the show that happen in real life, like permits. Yeah. Which is a which is a huge oh, factor in people's God, process I guess to that must renovate homes. Really, really we don't get preferential yeah. treatment. Um, in fact, we're under a lot of scrutiny based on the fact that we're on TV, and you know everything everything needs to be done right. Say, there's and, a lot of unauthorized suites being redone. <laughs> well, I mean, in in the city, there's lots of you know lots of people choose to do renovations without permits, and uh, you know we could talk all day about that. <laughs> but you know, on the show, we do we we have to play by all the rules, and so uh, permits hold up things, and obviously there's other dynamics that happen. But yes, to answer your question, we shoot four or five episodes at the same time. So so there's a lot of people involved trying to make sure everything is kept straight. And um, we shoot 26 episodes per season. It takes about a 14 months-ish to, uh, to complete a season. So it's a long haul. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we've been filming for almost five years now. Do you And do you get to know? So I was watching, I was doing some research last night. My wife watches all the time. Because I, I, we do real estate, it's... it's you know, you get home at the end of the day and it's like, hey, let's watch Love It or Let's. Right, like, right. No, it's the last wanna, thing you want to do. <laughs> I'm going to watch paint dry just to turn my mind off of real estate for a couple minutes. But I love watching paint dry. It's <laughs> highly underrated. But do you get to know, so if you're doing four or five at a time, like are those families, do you get invested with those families in the process or are you kind of, you know, if there's too much going on to actually really care if Susan wants to you know, the property. I, I know this might sound like bullshit, but I think one of the one of the cool things, it, I mean, we've done a lot of episodes. We, we've wrapped 104 episodes. Yeah, and the thing that makes the episodes different are the different families that we get to work with. And so when you're filming and you're shooting for eight hours straight with these people, there's a lot of downtime. So I actually feel like I get to hang out with them and get to know them 
even more than what I might get to know people in real life. I mean, um, and those relationships continue on afterwards. I'm connected to a lot of them. I do a big fundraiser every year for Covenant House. A lot of the people come down and participate in that. And and you know what? Vancouver's a small town. It's one degree of separation. So yeah, almost anybody I meet on the street says, oh, I know so-and-so that you worked with. You know, so it's a really, it's actually a surprisingly small community. So to answer your question is, yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the most fun things is to get to know the homeowners. So how, what is the process for homeowners? How, do they, how does this whole thing start? I think this whole thing starts basically where most conversations start in every household, which is dealing with the dynamics of the space that you're living in and how it's working for your family and your lifestyle. I mean, you guys are in real estate. You know that you know, at the root of most conversations about renovations and moving is how our life has changed and how we want to live our lives. Um, and so I think people lie in bed at night and they debate, oh, should we leave and should we stay? And they're on realtor.ca and looking at houses and trying to think about how to wrap their head around renovations and people are busy and they are daunted by the process and they don't have enough time. And so all those things factor in. And I know my wife and I, you know, we're, we're constantly looking at real estate. We're constantly in that conversation. Um, so when Love Realist of Vancouver started, I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, this might be um, an efficient way to kind of deal with our, with our challenge that we're having. Um, so people apply online and uh, they go to hgtv.ca, I guess it is. And uh, there's an online application. So a couple of things that people, I think, maybe question is whether they get the renovation paid for and... Uh, you know, those types of, yeah, <laughs> cross great. off question Questions. four. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so, up with something else so quick. It, it walks through <laughs> that entire process and you fill out the online application, then it goes to the office and you get interviewed and then eventually you get put on tape and it goes back to Toronto. I mean, it's a, it's a decent process, but I think one of the elements that people need to understand and need to have a good relationship to is how much does a renovation actually cost? And there are huge benefits to doing the show from a renovation standpoint. But you do have to come to the table with a significant chunk of that money. And, and uh, you know, that's obviously a challenge for a, a lot of people. Um, but I think it, it fits best with people who don't want to get into the renovation and make those small decisions, you know, who are, who are wanting to kind of right. sit back and let someone else make those choices for them. And that's not everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's not me. I couldn't do it. I would go absolutely berserk having someone else pick a paint color that I wasn't privy to. Right. Because <laughs> I'm a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> and it, what about like the, the episode I was watching last night? The mother really, really didn't want to leave the house and the oh the that two, one the two daughters you know the, i'm trying to think the t- no but you know the, the, there was the right. family right. dynamics like it seemed like it was heightened mm. uh, do you guys obviously you want kind of the drama of are they gonna do it does, is that played up or are these families really that conflicted about about leaving their place yeah i mean it, you know it's television so there is a certain uh, distillation drama. of the process, right? I mean, no one renovates a house and goes on a house search in 42 minutes and deals with all the dynamics of family and everything like that. So everything kind of gets shrunk down. This is I, the best clients, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. Can we wrap up this entire process in 42 minutes? Because if we could do that in real life, everyone would be happy. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... The, the show um, highlights some of those um, conflicting opinions. But, you know, there's also the shades of gray, which everybody experiences in life. Um, you know, I referenced Rebecca and I. I mean, we, we debate this all the time, you know, school and, and, you know, is this space working for us? Do we need more space? Do we need less? Is it efficient? Um, is it the location we want to be in for the next part of our lives? You know, all those things. And one day I might be on one side of the argument. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I've flip-flopped yeah. to the other side. So I think that is the, that's the, you know, the authentic, true dilemma. And I think it's one of the things that makes the show resonate with people is that they go, yeah, I get it. Like, that's, that's what we live. We live that. And, and people live in half renos. 
I mean, you'd be shocked. Well, maybe you guys wouldn't be shocked. But <laughs> Take I, a photo of where we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know you can't see this because it's a podcast, but I'm a little alarmed that the roof might actually that's fall my, in. That's my handiwork. <laughs> yeah, there's duct tape on the roof above me. It's fantastic. So talking about reality TV, so yes. what, what surprised you most about being on a reality TV show? Or were, Had you been in that environment prior? No, I hadn't. You know, I've spent close to 25 years in the scripted world, primarily in live theater, which is kind of my, was my main passion and occupation. I went to theater school in England. Uh, but I spent significant time, especially as a young guy, doing film and TV. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting all choked up about this. <laughs> um, Ladies and gentlemen, Todd's crying. Yes, yeah, yeah. It happens often, actually. Um, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, reality TV, yes. Um, it was a shock to the system, yeah. honestly. Like, I uh, I was an HGTV watcher. Like, I watched all those shows. I can't say that I was really interested in some of the more faux drama or drama-infused reality TV out there. So my, my knowledge base was not extreme. However... Um, I think I think one of the biggest shocks for me was that, you know, you use your you're essentially yourself on a show, and it's very different from playing a character. You know, you walk down the street now, and people are like, "Hey, Todd!" Yeah, they and know you, right? They know your name, and yeah. they and they know your life, and they know your your family, and they know like it's it's um it's a very interesting experience, and for the most part. It's amazing. People are very respectful and, and excited and, you know, you meet tons of people and it's a very cool experience. It's a very cool ride to go on. I mean, there's some pressures, you know, when your kids are having a meltdown in the airport and, you know, you can feel three or four people, you know, who are being respectful <laughs> and not coming up to you, but watching how you're going to handle managing your kids. Or So I do probably get a little too conscious of that and I and I get you know there's an embarrassment factor where not that I'm embarrassed of my kids but you know just a heightened awareness a pressure that maybe some other people don't have to experience and um yeah so that that's kind of an interesting element you're on display you're on display and and you know people are also you know even in a podcast like this you know you're you're very conscious of what you're saying and um you get um you get endowed with a certain respect and position and ability to articulate ideas and stuff like that. And with that comes a certain level of responsibility too. Matt, leave out all those child rearing questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love child rearing. In fact, I want to do a fatherhood podcast. And, uh, I think it's a, it's a fascinating topic and, and it, and it ties right back to real estate. I mean, I think, you know, maybe it's the stage of life that I'm in, but I know that most of the, well, a lot of the challenges that people have around real estate and their home and where they're living revolves around having kids and trying to figure out how that's going to yeah. work. Yeah, no, I have a five-year-old and we just bought a place in East Van, but the whole thing is she's in kindergarten. Okay, is yeah. this the right time to make the move? Uh, I, I hear you, man. I have a five-year-old too. Yeah. Oh. I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old and it's... Man, it shocks your system to start to think differently because my game in real estate really to start off with like 15 years ago was as an investor and as a renovator. So building my portfolio and building that foundation, kind of that financial future. But the thought process that I would go through then and the thought process I go through now could not be more different. Well, it's funny because... I go, where is that guy? Yeah. That ballsy guy who was willing to like step out there and take more risks and, and live in a place no one was willing yeah. to live in? I can't do that anymore. Well, and Adam doesn't have kids and the conversations we have and the choices he makes, I'm like, oh man, that's a really smart decision. One that I cannot make myself. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so, it's so, uh, it's such a different world, you know? Yeah, you circumstances. I mean, you know, responsibilities play into that and obviously you're being responsible to you know your family and those dynamics and and it changes your outlook and and i think it's a good thing it's definitely a thing but i think you know my mom i think tried to she's a wise woman and she she gave us some advice because we were struggling about where we wanted to live and and she said you know there's some points in your life that you have to 
put aside some of the things that you want out of your real estate purchase. For me, I look at it as an investor first and foremost. That's what I, I, I preach nonstop, mm -hmm. whether it's your principal residence or any other property. But sometimes there's other factors that need to take the lead. And that doesn't mean forever. It could mean for the next 10 years or five to seven years or something like that. Well, the kids are in their formative years and there's things that now we need to prioritize for them. My, my kids come out to open houses with us all the time. And the only thing they care about is, is it a flat street that we can ride our bike on? Which I think, you know, as parents, we need to listen to those people. They live there too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I often wanted to do a, a reality show where the kids are driving the process. Because I think, I think, you know, somewhat in this conversation that we're having right now is that kids play a huge factor in it. They play a huge factor in how you choose to renovate the space, how many bedrooms you're going to put in it, the design of it, the aesthetics of it, the durability of sure. it, what, the location. All those things are, are looked through the lens of having young children. Or middle-aged children, yeah. if they're still living at home. <laughs> or a 40-year-old in your basement. <laughs> exactly. Here's my tip for that. Charge them rent, yeah. and they're gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually thinking, so Vancouver is obviously an expensive city. I, I was just wondering really? how it translates to the rest of Canada and your viewership. I think there was a lot of fear about how that would resonate with the rest of the country and the and the show airs around the world so it airs on HGTV in the United States it airs all over Europe and Scandinavia and Asia and Australia and and South America so it's really interesting to get feedback from all of those countries as well i think the dynamic in canada um and the real estate market in vancouver has been so talked about in the media that no matter where you go, and I travel all across the country um, speaking at different events and meeting people, and everyone is savvy to what's going on in Vancouver. Yeah. Everyone is savvy to what's going on in Toronto. It's not like 15 years ago where um, information wasn't quite as available. Um, there were still, it felt like there was more opportunities where people weren't talking about it at every moment. Like, now that the Canucks are out of the playoffs, we talk about the rain and we talk about real estate. Those are essentially the two topics that people are fascinated by, but it's not only in Vancouver. Um, and I think part of the fascination is to look at seeing a house worth $3 million and saying that, you know, I'm sorry, your $3 million budget doesn't get you what you want in this location. Um, I think people are, are, mind blown by that. I mean, you can buy a small town in some places in Canada for that. So it's a, it's a fascination. I think that there's a voyeuristic element that people are interested in. Um, and, uh, and I think it just supports, you know, some of the media that, that is out there explaining kind of what's going on. I don't think that we tell the story well, I think that there's a lot left out. You know, there's a lot of sensationalism in, in the media in terms of what's going on in the Vancouver real estate market. And, you know, I could prattle on forever about that. So one of our questions before uh, you arrived, Todd, was what came first, the TV show or real estate? It's pretty clear you're very passionate about real estate. Were you a realtor before the show or did that kind of, what came first, the realtor or the TV show? Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been licensed for about six years now, so just before the show. But I was involved with, clearly, real estate became a huge part of my life about 15 years ago. But I was acting full-time um, throughout the beginning years of me getting involved. And, and as I said, you know, it started off as an investor and then moving into renovations. Right. Again, for myself, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, you know, hiring myself out to other people in that right. regard. Um, and then I partnered up with Tony Sykes, who you may know, yeah, who's Tony's a great, great guy. Tony's yeah. an awesome guy. And he was my realtor for years. And uh, we, we had great success and a great time together. And I loved his integrity and his intelligence and, and his way of doing business. And uh, so I kind of mentored under him for a number of years while he was at Sutton. And um, he had a brand that he'd started a few years previous called Condo Guys, uh, which had kind of got put on the shelf. And so Tony and I decided to, well, I approached Tony and I said, I think this is a brilliant idea. You know, would you like to partner up and build out this business to create a boutique marketing platform for the condo 
strata market in Vancouver and and Tony was keen and so we got launched into that. We brought on another partner, my my brother-in-law Jason, um, who brought in kind of the design element to it and then that spun off into a uh, staging company, Condo Guys Staging and you know things just kind of started to evolve from there. Right. You know, honestly, like I love the transaction of real estate, but my lifestyle now and before was not really focused on the day-to-day transaction of being a realtor. Um, I got huge respect for people who are doing that. It's a certain lifestyle choice. Um, I love the coaching and the kind of the strategy side of it. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm doing the show is because many years ago, I did a workshop for the acting community in Vancouver because people would take me out for beers and coffees to say, like, how are you doing this? Like, how are you investing in real estate as a theater actor? And it just kind of blew people's minds. And I was like, you know, it's it's actually not that difficult. So I just decided to get everybody together at the same time. So I kind of became the de facto real estate guy um, in my community. And things started to grow from there, like condo guys and, and uh, you know, my personal portfolio. And then we started a design firm as well on top of that. And um, and then the show called because Shel Piercy was producing it uh, out here in Vancouver. And he was a friend of mine who we'd worked together on a number of projects. And, you know, it kind of brought the two worlds together. I was going to say, you're like perfectly situated then when they call, right? Because yeah. you know a ton about real estate and you're got years of experience yeah you know i i think both of those elements are needed in order to do a show like love it or listen sure. Vancouver, because you know there's technical elements like being on television and being able to improvise and being comfortable um you know talking to different people <clears throat> and and kind of f- flying by the seat of your pants in 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 that atmosphere with a camera in front of your face right that's a you know a skill set that is not i guess technically acting but those years of experience. Yeah, would lend, right? Yeah, lend to it. And, um, you know, as you can tell, um, you know, I'm passionate about real estate. I, I, I never got involved in real estate for other people because it was a business venture. A lot of people get into being a realtor or being a renovator or whatever element they are because, you know, they want to create a business and they want to make money. And, and for me, I was doing that in my own personal portfolio. And I was an actor, but I loved talking about it. And I was just, I was just voracious for knowledge and reading different books and doing different seminars. And a lot of the stuff that I go and talk at now, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that I was in the audience trying to get nuggets of wisdom and, and just continue to, uh, you know, gain knowledge and, and understanding of how, how the market works and how the dynamics work and stuff like that. I mean, I, I just find that stuff is really fascinating. So you, you kind of touched on it a bit with being on display, but how else has the show changed your life? Are you traveling more? Or are you, you seem like a really busy guy. But you, got, you got a lot of energy though. So I do have a lot of energy and I like being busy. I love to work. So those traits are good for what's going on right now. I think that, um, you know, the show opens up a lot of different opportunities. Um, and it, it can be overwhelming sometimes to choose where you want to put your energy. And I'm a victim of maybe spreading myself a little bit. I, I, I wouldn't say too thin, but um, I, I'm, I run my life with the idea of saying yes to everything and then figuring out whether it, it's, a, it's a great fit for me um, as we go down the path. I mean, I think making that judgment up front. How are we doing so far? Yeah. You guys are horrible. Are we, are we, yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. I, if I could drop the mic, I would. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really um, interesting kind of fast-paced environment to be in. But there's, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be trite about it, but it, there's a lot of cool opportunities. I mean, even, again, not sucking up to you guys, but I was genuinely excited to come down and talk to you guys. I mean, I didn't know who you were. I haven't listened to your podcast, but I know from Lisa spoke a certain way about you guys, and that was enough for me to be like, yeah, I want to go and talk and, and see what comes out. 
I didn't answer your question though. What else has changed? Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple things that's changed. I stopped investing in real estate and, um, and, and I kicked myself for it really uh, over the last five years. Is that I mean, just cause you're too busy? Yeah. Or? It's a function of time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't like to use that as an excuse, but I think my priorities got shifted a little sure. bit and I started to focus on other things. And, um, and ironically enough, the thing that has brought me my greatest success from a financial perspective sure. was investing in the market you, yeah. and <laughs> doing what I ball. know how to, you know what to do. So it would be interesting to go back and deconstruct if I had bought, you know, if I just continued on the same path that I was on, uh, you know, we were prepped and ready to build our first spec house, um, which I kind of pulled the plug on because I got offered love it or list it, you know, financially how, that might be different. Yeah. I mean, we might not be sitting here having this conversation, but you I might, might be, be si- on a beach. Somewhere. I might be sitting on a beach somewhere <laughs> at the same time. But you know, I mean, I think you know, life is life is like that. I mean, it's just a it's a roller coaster of opportunities, and I don't like to go back and go, well, I wish I'd done this. Really tough in real estate. I mean, it's one of the things that I talk to people about. It's like, you know, everyone wants to know, well, where's the real estate market going? Should I buy? Should I sell? People are fascinated with that conversation. And, you know, one of the things I always say is, you know, ask your grandparents or ask their parents if they wish they sold, you know, their first property or their second property. Sometimes it's needed, but generally speaking, people go, no, I wish I'd kept it. My goodness, I wish I'd kept it. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, hindsight can kick people in the ass from that perspective, but yeah, I've stopped, I've kind of stopped doing one of the things that I'm most passionate about, which is, which is being in that game and the renovation side. I love it. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's kind of the yin and yang to my life. You know, the creative elements of being in theater and even making a TV show like Love It or Listed, um, get balanced off for me by, it's kind of my Zen place to be able to to actually create something with my hands and, and be able to stand back and look at that. It just, I don't know, it just it kind of fills me up in a different way. So um, I miss doing that. Yeah, I, get, I get up way earlier now. That's another <laughs> kicker. Like I'm a, I, I spent so many years going to bed at two o'clock in the morning and sleeping until noon, having, you know, brunch then and, and kind of repeat. Um, so <laughs> TV life does not lend itself to that. Let me tell you. <laughs> Do you get a lot of people that call you wanting to list their place or to work with you as a buyer's agent? How do you deal with that? Or I guess you're you're not really accessible or, yeah, online. Is that, is that- <laughs> well, I think, I think there's two things. Stalkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's two things. One is, you know, a shout out to uh, Blue Realty where I have my license and I work with the team there. Sean's um, a great guy. Sean's a great guy and, and the vibe there. And I've known Aaron... Uh, his yep. uh, wife for a long time as well. We're kind of in the same industry. So there's a lot of great synergies. And I think philosophically, we think about real estate in the same way. So I love that. And, um, you know, so the team of people that I have in place do a great job of managing the day-to-day stuff. I think one of the weird misconceptions about being on television and, you know, having a certain profile is that you're not accessible. But the irony is, I am accessible. <laughs> like, um, are you are you saying like, that Lisa's job potential job. clients should <laughs> yeah. be calling you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we work with a ton of great clients, and you know, a lot of them are people that I've worked with for many years. And you know, as in any business, you know, that kind of referral attitude continues on because they enjoy the process and you know so that continues to go i get some crazy questions from lots of people i found that in the early days a lot of people just kind of wanted to get together and meet yeah sure and have a coffee coffee. and you know yeah we want to buy something and i'd be like okay you know i would take it for face value and i would meet up with these people and it just turned out that you know all good intentions but it was more about having a coffee than it yeah. was about progressing their journey in real estate. So the Instagram photo. Yeah. That's what it was about. <laughs> we, yeah, that's right. We figured that piece out now, but, um, uh, and I, and I think the other thing is, is that, you know, the air, the, the show airs all over the world. So, you know, I don't have the ability to, um, to help somebody in, 
North Carolina. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean we're we're open for business. It's not it's not something as as anyone can see. Like I think it's maybe because I don't really have a open for business sign up there. I don't have your traditional realtor website. You know, and that's a that's a conscious choice based on time and what's going on in my life. It doesn't mean that we won't develop that. In fact, we've developed it. It's just sitting on the shelf. <laughs> I mean, I have a company, My Real Design, that specializes in design for for realtors and um, and builders, and and so that's what we've done. Um, so it's ironic that I don't actually have it, but. Uh, but yeah, so to answer your question is I'm accessible. I answer all, you know, almost all of my emails. Um, uh, you know, my assistant takes care of some of them, but, uh, you know, it's me on social media. Anytime I try and be as engaged as possible. Uh, if someone asks a question, you know, on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or something like that, I reply, you know, I enjoy that interaction. And I think it's the, it's that personal element it's the people part of it that, uh, that kind of keeps me going. Makes sense. Although I'm a bit shy. I don't like to talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, a, can you share a nightmare story with us about uh, about the show? Or anything come to mind? Oh, my goodness. You're not the first person to ask this question. Yeah. And, I, and I, I should have a stock answer ready for that. A I nightmare. think it was the mother in the episode that I watched last <laughs> night. <laughs> well, you know what? The homeowners on our shows... They're almost all of them are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Do they go through the same? You know, like when you're selling real estate, you realize like it's a very, very stressful process. Does that stress play out? Like, do you actually deal with people that are? You know, it's a huge financial decision. Yeah. Is that you're actually dealing with the real kind of decision making process? Or well, I first of all, they're writing a big check. Yeah. So it's very real for them because they're investing a significant amount of money in their house. And whether they choose to love it or list it in that moment, it's going to play a major factor into the value of their property and what they can or cannot do moving into the future. Sure. So the dynamics I, you know, on the show try and capture as best they can the the stress and the decision making and the the heightened moment that it is, but you know, I think that you hit on something that people in the industry sometimes forget is the emotional journey that it takes out of people who are going through. Most people go through, what, you know, two, three transactions in their lifetime. Sure. Um, and I know it's so great to go through it on a personal level. Like, we've offered on a few pieces of property lately and lost out, and it's tough. And it's tough when I phone the listing realtor and say, hey, we'd love to come and see this property. And they say, well, we've got an accepted offer on it. Then I have to call my wife and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't jump on it fast enough. And you kind of have to break that news. And it's, you know, it, t- it takes something out of you to invest in the process. Sure. And, um, and so, you know, it's an emotional journey for, for anybody on or off television. This might be putting you putting you on the spot, but but I was going to ask Put specific areas, oh, yeah. specific oh, areas. Oh, sure. do you want to do an area? Yeah, like because you're clearly looking at for properties right now. I mean, yeah, well, I'm not going to tell you the areas that I'm looking. <laughs> at. <laughs> what was that property you called on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because we're actually in the process of looking for a lot in East Van, and we're also simultaneously looking for um, a condo that might be able to work for a family of four. And going through that process for the last six months has um, magnified some of the challenges that people are having. You hear people talk about it, but until you go through it yourself, yeah. you don't get it. <clears throat> and, um, and I think that there's, you know, I think anyone's background and education and experience in real estate evolves over time. And you get different perspectives on it. And that's the case for me. I mean, I sit in a very different place now looking at the dynamics of Vancouver and and what kind of community we want to create as a city, um, different pockets of the city, what we're building, how we're building it. The more and more I'm involved in this, I see houses that are being torn down in the late 90s, that were built in yeah. the late 90s or the early 2000s. And it's, and it, it, and it's ridiculous that that's happening. It is... It's insane. And the fact that it's next to impossible to find 
a small space for a family to live in the urban environment in this city that is economical, but also just delivers enough square footage. I'm not talking about 3,000 square feet. I'm talking about three bedrooms yeah. in a stratified property that uh, that people can have access to. And I think that there's huge opportunities and it's incumbent upon the entire real estate industry to continue to talk about this and push the envelope in that, to acknowledge those challenges, but not from a negative standpoint, but look at like creating some something that is going to work, push the city, engage in those conversations, which I think you guys are doing on your podcast, which is amazing. Um, in terms of areas, uh, you know, the way that I drill down on area is a little bit different as we've touched on based on where I'm at in my yeah, life. Yeah, sure. But if I look at it like strictly wearing my investor hat, first of all, you need to believe in the macroeconomics of the of the city that you're investing in. And uh, I won't go into it, but I'm a believer. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm a believer in greater Vancouver, period. I mean, I think it's been well documented why real estate is going in the direction that it's going from a value perspective. But the microeconomics, I think, are the most fascinating thing, and I think the thing that people overlook. They, they disregard the knowledge base that they have based on where they live, where they work, where their kids are going to school, all of those little nuances in a community that unless you live there or are integrated into it, you miss them. Mm-hmm. You miss where that new shop is opening up. You miss the renovation that's happening, you know, one block over. You miss uh, the type of car that's parked out in front of the street. You miss the the family dynamics that have now integrated in. If you have a dog and you're walking it in the park at midnight, you miss getting a sense of what's happening and the assumptions that people make about certain neighborhoods. And, you know, the media is, is uh, guilty of this. But I think people are guilty of perpetrating certain ideas and certain stigmas. There was a few years ago that I was a big supporter of Marple. Now, people were scared to say that they lived in Marple. And I'm going to throw Jillian Harris under the bus, too. <laughs> she rents a coach house in Marple. And I don't mean to be, I'm, I'm not saying, I would say this to her face and have many times. But she said that she lived in Carisdale, not Marple. Why? Because it sounded better and because Marpole had a certain stigma to it. But that is exactly what you should be looking for when you are looking to invest. Because we've been spoiled in this market to think that, you know, real estate prices, you know, we can flip that property in six months and make 300 grand or whatever the case is. But real estate as an asset is long term and people have, you know, kind of turned a blind eye to that. But if you want to make... I'm a buy and hold strategist. Like that's my, that's the way that I think about it. I'm not a flipper. I'm the first to admit it. I've tried it. It just doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't vibe with me. Um, but looking for dynamics and communities that, you know, have great long-term potential, three, five, seven years, 10 years down the road and, and places that might have a little bit of a stigma to it. Marple, even, you know, when I bought my place down uh, like Francis and commercial area in, you know, uh, just off the drive. Yeah. You know, 12 years, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. People were like, really? And yet, you know, you look well, at... The, the new townhomes that are going up there right now, I mean... Well, well that's people where people are still like, really? <laughs> well, yeah. Crazy. But here's the thing. You drive along Hastings Street right now. Oh, I know. And I'm a little bit removed. I don't live in that neighborhood now, so I get to kind of see it from fresh eyes a little bit. I stopped on the way down here. I stopped at Starbucks. And... Not to give them a plug. They don't need any more help. But, you know, you're driving down Hastings. Right across from the Waldorf is a new Starbucks Mm -hmm. on the corner. Now, a different conversation, whether you believe in or support or whatever. I'm not not supporting the idea of gentrification and big brands moving into that type of neighborhood. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's happening. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. The writing's on the wall. Next thing that any investor needs to do is work with somebody who has intimate knowledge of that area. I mean, you need to understand, if you're working with your realtor, um, they need to understand who owns that property. What are the future plans for that area? That's all bought up. Mm -hmm. I mean, anyone who's been living in this neighborhood or understands the dynamics, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, people like Bob Rennie and all those cats, you know, were, were... 
sharing that, you know, this is the next neighborhood. Why? Because they already own it or they know who owns it. So there's dynamics that are going on under the surface that people aren't privy to Mm -hmm. unless they engage somebody who has an intimate knowledge of the area. So, uh, you know, tip number one is build the team that, that supports what you're trying to do and don't try and you know, lone ranger the whole process. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, this idea that, oh, I can, you know, I'm going to save a few thousand bucks on commission or I'm going to try and do it. Like, I just don't understand that process. It's, yeah, you're wasting your money if you're not getting value from the people that you hire, but build that team. My team was you know, Tony Sykes and Susie Ingalls. I mean, these, these were people who knew the game better than me. Get those people around you and then look for the dynamics that you're already, that you already know that are evolving in the city. And, you know, I still love East Vancouver. I mean, anything that attaches to the core of the city, um, you know, within that 15, 20 minute drive is gold. You know, I think transportation is going to play a huge part in the future. I think looking at where young families are going to be able to afford and invest in this city, I think looking at opportunities to buy those types of properties or where you see the evolution and some of the zoning changes that are happening, I think that those are really smart places to look. That's gold. That's gold, <laughs> that's, Tom. Is it good enough? That's, that's right off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> Just because it's fresh. <laughs> so maybe we should leave on that note, but yeah, leave do you on have time note. for uh, the five wire? It's a segment oh, we goodness. do. Five quick questions. Sure. Excellent. I'll see, I'll see how I do. <laughs> Get a pass. <laughs> so, so what is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? Oh, my God. I, I, there's so many great neighborhoods in Vancouver. My favorite is... Well, what's your guys' favorite? Hey, Buy no, me some time. Oh, we, we've, never, we've never done the five wire. We're we saving that for oh, the oh, final episode. Oh, my goodness. The final episode. <laughs> I think the best neighborhood in hindsight. That's um, a great old Matt Scalina. <laughs> okay, pass. I'm coming back to it. Okay. All right. Okay, favorite bar or restaurant in the city? Uh, restaurant, the first one that pops in my mind is Manami. Uh, love the sushi down in Yaletown there. I just think uh, it's awesome. Yeah. And bar? Bar. Uh, you probably don't go to bars as often. As you know you what? Do. I don't go to bars <laughs> as often. Partially years. because I, <laughs> I did the whole life challenge, so I've kind of been off alcohol for a while. Um, but um, I like the pack rim. I, I do most of my meetings at the pack rim bar, <laughs> day or night. <laughs> so if you want to find me, that's where I'll be. <laughs> uh, where is the first place you take someone from out of town? Uh, I don't take anyone anywhere. Uh, if I did, I would take them to uh, um, Commercial Drive. Westside Mansion or Downtown Pentos? Downtown Pentos. Easy. What Easy. is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm interested in that kind of that pocket around Queen Elizabeth Park. The Camby Corridor? Yeah, I like the Camby Corridor, but I like it pushing a little bit more east. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm thinking kind of more. Mountain. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking, you know, more kind of Mainish, Fraserish. Right. You know, I've been around long enough. I mean, I know I look 24, but uh, <laughs> I've been around a long time, so I got to see the evolution of Main Street, you know, getting to see the evolution of that Fraser area as well. And, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I like to look for the dynamics of where young families are going. Yeah. And, and I think that there's still value up in there and, and it's cool. There's a great vibe. Yeah. So I, I like that area. All right. And the last one, curveball, listing presentation or acting audition? Oh my goodness. <laughs> listing presentation, hands down. <laughs> are you kidding me? That, and I'd a, rather do a, an acting audition. That's weird. Oh, listing presentation <laughs> is a cakewalk in comparison. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 At, at least that's my, my perspective. <laughs> well, Can we you leave on, a, on an Othello uh, audition? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be or not to be. To list or not to list <laughs> is the question. Oh, that's brilliant. I, yeah, you heard it here that first. A new <laughs> intro. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks so much, Todd, for taking the time and yeah, coming you guys down to Strathcona. Awesome. And when does uh, when does the next season come out? Uh, it airs uh, this Monday. I don't know when does this air. When this airs today. Today. Oh, you're yeah, just we, push we, this, we, this live. live. All right. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, new episodes air Monday night on HGTV at 10 p.m. Um, that's April 24th. Awesome. awesome. PBR is set. PBR yeah. is set. Thanks. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, awesome. Thanks, guys. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Love It or List It Vancouver's Todd Talbot. Matt, you know, not only is Todd freakishly handsome, but he's also a wealth of information when it comes to real estate investing. I'm, I was I was uh, very surprised. Yeah, not I that mean, I was a critic. No, no. And we shouldn't say surprised as in we didn't think he'd be uh, a wealth of knowledge, but Todd comes from an acting background. Yeah. And my part of an assumption that I had was, he was a performer turned realtor on TV. Uh, turns yeah. out Todd really knows the market well. Um, yeah, no, and that for comes sure. from his kind of years of, of investing and uh, and working in real estate. Also, a couple inches taller than I thought. You know what? It's true what they say: the uh, the camera loses two inches. <laughs> <laughs> what What is true? That that's not a thing. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Definitely, he's pretty tall. <laughs> okay, yeah, great. So, hey, glass of water. so check out our website, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com for our previous episodes, transcripts, Absolutely. and also sign up for the VREP Livewire, yeah. which uh, you never know what you're going to get, but uh, it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. For, yeah, sure. for sure. And Matt, how can people reach you? Give me a call anytime, 778-847-2854 or matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com is my email. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And, and Braden's handling that nonpartisan line. Yeah, that's right. Braden at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. I think or that's, the, <laughs> I think that's a little partisan. actually referring to info. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Trying both. We're just complicating things now. Uh, but hey, also, last thing, we really appreciate the reviews on iTunes Definitely. and on Stitcher. We're at over 108 reviews. And uh, if you if you like the podcast, if you like what you hear, it really helps us uh, grow, and it's the biggest compliment you can give us. Head over to iTunes and give us a rating, and also please subscribe. Yeah, I mean that's the easiest way to get it, right? For sure, it shows up on your phone instantly, twice a week, instantly. And join us back next week. We've got another big guest. I'm excited. Oh, it's going to be huge. Have a good week. Take care, guys. Your faces for radio. Subscribe today. <laughs>